We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my exquisite friends and beautiful souls. So happy to be hanging out with you on Journey to Center today. So how is your relationship with life? Are you in acceptance and appreciating the sweet gift of being human? Or are you living a half-wattage life, feeling kind of numbed out and kind of in pain? Are you letting life in and experiencing the full range of emotions, including wonder, peace, and joy? I think when we close down to one end of the human experience, we close down to the other. So one of my very favorite quotes was given to us by Pierre Desjardins. We're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. I've contemplated this saying a great deal over the years, and I feel it has moved from an intellectual concept to more a heart-based understanding. And as I've relinquished control and surrendered into the mystery of this human adventure, my life seems to be filled with a lot more grace, peace, ease, and synchronicity. But what does it mean to really be a spiritual being? And how does the soul work in the world? How can we partner more fully with our soul self and live a more meaningful, vibrant, and fulfilling life? How can we open our hearts and experience greater joy? My guest today says these are deep and timeless questions that we need to live into more than simply answer. Today, we're going to talk about the gifts and challenges of being a spirit here on earth and how we can claim a more vital, vibrant, soulful life and become who we were born to be. I'm beyond grateful and honored to have with us this internationally acclaimed and beloved poet, teacher, and storyteller, Mark Nepo. Mark has been called one of the finest spiritual guides of our time and an eloquent storyteller. Mark moved and inspired readers and seekers all over the world with his number one New York Times bestseller, The Book of Awakening. He's published 16 books and recorded 11 audio projects, which have been translated into over 20 languages. Some of his work includes The Exquisite Risk, Inside the Miracle, The Endless Practice, which was cited by Spirituality and Practice as one of the best spiritual books of 2014. He wrote 7,000 Ways to Listen, which won the 2012 book for a Better Life Award. His books of poems, Reduced to Joy, was cited by Spirituality and Practice as one of the best spiritual books of 2013. He also has a six-CD box set of teaching conversations based on the poems in Reduced to Joy, which I just finished listening to and was transported into a truly magical, exquisite, and enlightening place. Mark has been interviewed by Robin Roberts on Good Morning America and has appeared several times with Oprah Winfrey on her Super Soul Sunday program on OWN TV, my very favorite television program. He was also recently part of Oprah's The Life You Want Tour. So Mark Nepo, I'm so honored to have you back on Journey to Center and Empower Radio. Well, thank you, Tammy. It's great to be with you again. So I love your style with poetry. And I would like to hear from you, what, what does it mean to you? What does writing poetry mean to you? 
Well, well, yeah. Thank you for asking that. And and I, you know, first let me just say that for me, poetry is really the unexpected utterance of the soul. It, it's what the words point to. You know, like anything, you know, just like a, a pianist has to learn scales in order to receive music. Well, so yes, I, you know, I've had to learn how to work with language. But it's not about the poet, but it's not the language. It's, it's what the words point to that can't be said. And so whether you write it down or not, poetry is the unexpected utterance that comes from being truly present when we hold nothing back and, and our heart, there's nothing between our heart and the world. And so the practice of of uh, retrieving poetry and shaping poetry and being in relationship with it because the poems are the teachers. So whether you write or not, how does that translate to someone who's listening who's not doesn't consider themselves a poet or an artist? You know, the insights that happen that come to you from living are your teachers. You know, in the Hindu tradition, there's a term called upa guru, which means the teacher that is next to you at this moment. It could be a leaf. It could be, you know, my dog sleeping right next to me as she is right now. (laughs) You know, it could be, it doesn't have to be a human teacher. But I think poetry has taught me over the years that the process of poetry is is how I stay in conversation with life. And the poems and the books are the trail of that conversation. They're the trail of that conversation. So for me, this space that I live in is the space where I try to stay listening. And I wrote a whole book about listening. Uh, listening to life and what life has to say and what life has to teach. And being human, I, I don't do it well all the time. No, I don't believe personally in a um, an arrived state of enlightenment. Uh, you know, we we just keep growing, and uh, you know, medieval uh, med- medieval monks, when asked how they practiced their faith, would say by falling down and getting up. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, by falling down and getting up. I, you know, today. I can be, I might be, you know, if we're in a cafe today, I might be one of those days, you know, those days where, you know, I just am so in tune that as you start to spill your coffee off the table, I I could actually catch it before it reaches the ground. And then tomorrow we could go back to the same cafe and I'll spill the coffee on you. (laughs) You know, no one is exempt. No one is exempt. And so, so what does that mean? That means and this is where we connect poetry with spiritual practice. That means that each of us is involved, like it or not, in a practice of return. When I'm numb, I need to wake up. When I'm insensitive, I need to return to being sensitive. When I'm confused, I need to become clear. And when I'm clear, I'll become confused again, but I need to keep returning. So each person has to, no one can tell anybody how to do this. Each person has to discover their own individual practice of return. 
And poetry, as I'm talking about it, which really we can say all art, is not not really about producing uh, beautiful artifacts. It's about engaging us and returning us to the conversation with being alive. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm a mandala artist, and the name of my show is Journey to Center, and what you're speaking of resonates so deeply to me, and it is about coming back to center. It's about aligning with my soul self. And, and I know when I'm not, and there are certain things I can do to come back to center. So I really um, appreciate what you're saying. It just gives uh, different words and language to, to something I relate to. And I, I think that's what your books do. I think that's what your poetry does. I think that's what your CD set does. Your words really resonate in a deep way that, that realign people. It's almost like you're um, a shaman or a way shower back to one soul. So, oh, well, um, thank you. Well, yeah. you know, I think, and this isn't something else that I've learned through, through the years too, is that, and, and you know, no one told me to do this, but you know, slowly through the years, as, as there's always things to be done. The lists never end. There's tasks, there's obstacles, there's problems. And very slowly for a while there, um, I wound up like saving the things the teachers that I wanted to read, the, uh, the you know, the, the place of reflecting and being in this conversation, which is sacred to me. It's like, oh, well, I'll get these things done and then I'll reward myself by going there. And little by little, I separated what matters from what needs to be done. No one told me to do this. And it doesn't work, understandable as it is, to slip into that mind frame. It doesn't work because we need what matters in order to face and get through what needs to be done. They, they're all one and the same. So, um, you know, I, I find that I try very hard now to be devoted to a practice that includes where I, I, the inner and the outer, the daily and the reflective, I try to have them all be integrated. I try to have them all serve each other because without, without what matters, the tasks get very heavy. The tasks just become larger and heavier than they really are. Yeah, there's no longer any joy. And something you talk about, write about, teach about, and I'd like to explore this a little bit more. There's a difference between happiness and joy. Yeah. Can absolutely. you tell me about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think, I think um, you know, happiness to me, and I think that we, we, we make too much of happiness in our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, happiness is a mood. I like being happy, don't get me wrong, but happiness is like ice cream. I I love to taste it, but I don't eat it constantly. Um, You know, it's wonderful, but joy is a way of being. So I'm coming to, to think about and understand that, you know, happiness, anger, fear, worry, doubt, 
confusion. There are a thousand human moods, and they are like waves on the sea. But joy is the depth of being that holds all those waves. Now remember, it's all one water. The wave at the surface is, if we go deep enough, goes into the depth of being. So joy, is, you know, peace is not the still point at the end of trouble. Peace is the depth of being that holds all trouble. So, so we can our, actually experience pain in the world and still be in that open-hearted place of peace yes. and joy. In fact, I think we're asked to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. At least I know I have been. That, you know, we spend so much time saying running from pain to happiness that we miss that life over time is asking us to hold the heart open to both at the same time. Yes. You know, and I, I have very much experienced that in the last couple of years, you know, in, in, in my work world. You know, everything that's been happening with my work and my teaching in the world has just been a cascade of blessings beyond anything I could have imagined. And at the same time, in these last couple of years, my wife and I have gone through a lot of loss. You know, two years ago, I lost my father at 93, and then shortly after that, we lost our 13-year-old yellow lab, Mira, who was like a child to us. And just a few months ago, we lost Susan's mother. At 79, very quickly. And so, you know, life happens as a whole, W-H-O-L-E. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't say, oh, I'm going to bounce from grief to the wonders of what's happening in my work. Or I'm going to, you know, you know, be dragged, quote, dragged down from the joy of what's happening with my work by these terrible losses. You know, I feel like what life has been asking is for me to learn even more how to hold my heart open Mm -hmm. to both at once because they're happening at once. And so the same way that if you were to work with weights and have a weight in each arm and it stretches your muscles, well, I feel like my heart muscle has been stretched these last few years as I'm learning how, and my, my heart's been getting stronger of how to honor both. Yes. I don't have to choose. And in fact, I'm more alive and more whole when I can let both in. Yes. Yeah, you talk about the fear of pain preventing us from feeling things all the way through. And I know yeah. from my experience in listening to you, life is about feeling things all the way through. I feel like allowing the grief to move through me, not letting it um, lock me up, not resisting it and getting it stuck somewhere because I think that's, that causes, and you talk about this sepsis of, of um, the emotions. It can create um, cancer. Right. And, and so, you know, there's a paradox about the heart that's amazing. And that is, you know, our heart, I believe is our strongest muscle. Mm-hmm. It's an infinite resource. And, you know, where our feelings lead us, if we can get through them, is more important than whatever feeling introduces us to that depth. 
So the heart, when it's working, is incredibly sensitive. And so often when our heart is at its best, we feel both good things and difficult things, and it actually feels at times unbearable. That's how sensitive we are. Mm -hmm. But the paradox is that that means the heart's working. (laughs) And at its most sensitive, the heart opens us to a mysterious place where we are unbreakable. So the heart is both unbearable and unbreakable at the same time. And if we try to hang out or uh, hide in anyone's feeling, we lose, we won't access the depth that all feeling brings us to. So it's wonderful that, you know, uh, you know, uh, health, happiness, and the—I mean, the uh, what is it? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's <laughs> that, that's the most amazing thing as a social construct, probably in you know in the history of of civilizations and societies. But we have made a cartoon of it so that when we get away from what it means in a societal level, we have started to make it where we feel entitled to happiness, as if that's going to prevent us from feeling the rest of what it is to be alive. Mm. And Simply not and that, true. Not true, right. Not, not true. true. Not true. <laughs> Never going to happen. Well, um, and life is loss. I know you talk about that. You also say, and this was so poignant, nothing else matters but making friends with being alive. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, actually a, dear, a dear friend of mine uh, who's in my men's group, he actually said that, Don Merrick. He's a painter, a uh, water, wonderful watercolorist, and who's the elder in our men's group. There's seven of us we've met for uh, once a month for eight years now, and they're like brothers. But that was Don, who when actually I was sharing, when my father was in his process of dying, I had come back, and uh, we, we, I was with all of these these wonderful guys, and sharing what that was feeling like. And it was Don who came up from a deep silence and said, nothing else matters but befriending being alive. That encompasses a lot. So do we have time? Let me read you a poem. Sure, please. I would love that. Yeah, because this kind of speaks to what we, it's from Reduced to Joy, and it speaks to what we were talking about, about life presenting. It's called Near the Light on page 19. And, and this was about just, you know, life happening. I was one, one afternoon on a Sunday, I was at a friend's house as part of a jazz trio, and before they went public with an album, they just invited a whole bunch of people over to play stuff. And, and then the next day, I had trouble with the car, and just stuff. This is called Near the Light. I'm saved by what is timeless can taste it, though it fills no cup, can feel it, though it can't be seen. Yesterday, an old brooding song was sung low, making the afternoon drop its shoulders. Even the wind circled back. I dropped my napkin, glad to feel that old ache, waiting like a lucky coin I rub but seldom look at. Everyone broods and holds on to what they think is lucky. I'm saved by your laugh, which stops 
the crows of pleasure and pain from pecking at each other inside my head. This morning, I tried three times to read something I've wanted to read for years, but you were sick and the car broke down, and waiting for the tow truck, I stood in the shade of a locust tree. The patches of sun reminded me that we've already arrived. There you go again, ushering me deep into the mystery in an altered state of consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> but there it is, right? Even even there it is. <laughs> right, even when we're on the side of the road, the cars broke down. It's it, you know, and there's the light through the locust tree, and it's like, okay, this is inconvenient. This is annoying. This might even be fearful, but there's the light on the locust tree. There's Where am light. I going? All right here, wherever we are. You know, there's a. I had a moment like that. It was I've been. I'm 27 years from uh, when I almost died from cancer, and um, and about 10 years out, I had an anniversary, and I was living in Albany, New York at the time, and I went to my favorite cafe and had just simple coffee, and then I was driving, and my car did break down. It broke down. And it started to rain. And this is before cell phones. So I didn't have a phone. I had to walk in the rain to the nearest gas station to get somebody to get me out of the car. And at first I was feeling like, oh, this really stinks. You know, this is just <laughs> terrible. And then all of a sudden I just felt from the depth, not from the surface waves, but from the depth of being, I touched into joy that I almost died. I'm still here. I'm still in this messy, magnificent journey of being alive. And to have a car to break down and to walk in the rain was just perfect. And so I went from feeling annoyed and upset and somewhat sad to lifting my face to water falling from the sky. What a miracle. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and if we can remember, it's always available to us. It's just, um, it's not easy to do. But that's why I keep coming back to the teachers that I feel are living examples of this work. And, uh, and now a butterfly is flying by my window. <laughs> and, and, you <laughs> so know, there's beautiful. the humble thing that it's always both. Like, yes, you know, it, it is always like, both. Like on the surface, like if we go to that analogy again of the sea and the waves that are always disturbed by weather, the top six inches or whatever, and the depth of that same water. Well, you know, in the surface of that moment, it was raining and the car broke down and I didn't have a phone and I had to walk in the rain. But when I went, I didn't like deny or reframe that moment. I went into the depth of that water and found that that same moment was beautiful. You deeply accepted it and then appreciated it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I just love your way with words. It's really quite brilliant, this messy, magnificent journey. <laughs> that Life is and- it. It's natural color. It's it's pretty amazing. And we just have a few minutes left here, Mark. Can you tell people where they can get more of you? How can they connect with you and get some of your books and works and CDs and find out about what's going on? In yeah, your world? thank you. So 
There's two websites, uh, marknepo.com and threeintentions.com, which is all spelled out one word. And both of those, you know, all my books and, and audio projects are on on uh, Amazon, they're in bookstores, and they're, they're everywhere, thankfully. And, and so they're also, you know, on, on those websites, as well as, you know, I teach regularly, you know, except for January and February, I'm out teaching and speaking uh, the rest of the year. And so my schedule is up there for all of this year and already uh, you know, starting to get things on the calendar for 2016. So I'll, I'll be, in a couple of weeks, I'll be in Seattle um, uh, doing a, a retreat there. Um, and, um, you know, and also I have a new book that will be coming out in uh, November called Inside the Miracle, which from Sounds True. I'm very grateful to them. This is a chance where I've gathered almost 30 years of my inquiry into uh, suffering and healing and wholeness and have, you know, brought together work from from early books as well as uh, a host of, you know, at least a third or more of new material to put into one, one integrated whole. And so that comes out November 1st, but it's pre-order on Amazon now. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things that are that are going on. That sounds amazing. Inside the Miracle? Yes, Inside oh. the Miracle. Enduring I'll be pre-ordering stuff. that this afternoon. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it's called Inside the Miracle, Enduring, Suffering, Approaching, Wholeness. Um, ah, I love the saying, be really whole and all things will come to you. So... Thank you for bringing so much beauty and magic into my day and to our listeners' day, Mark. You are an exquisite being, and I'm so grateful for your presence in the world. And to my listeners, thanks for hanging out with us here on Empower Radio. Be in touch with me, Tammy B., PhD, if you have something you want to share. God bless you. Light from our hearts to yours. Onward and upward. Bye for now.